Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Welcome again to a new church year, a new liturgical year. Even though it's new, it's familiar. Like most of our holidays and traditions, we return every year to the same things. And that's what shows if a tradition is good, uh, if it lasts. Uh, even your uncle's weird thing he does every year at the holidays, you know, without it, the holidays wouldn't be the same. And so we do the same thing in the church. I'd like you to turn in your hymnary to page 203. Uh, to page 203 in the front of your hymnary. Uh, what you'll see there is the historic lectionary. Uh, it's the series of readings or lections that we use every year in the church. It's called the historic lectionary because these same readings have been used uh, nearly universally by the church uh, since about the year 800 AD, and in some cases even older than that. Uh, so for about 1,200 years plus, the church has been using these same lessons, these same lections. And we get to join in that good tradition. And so we begin again with, this, with the top of this, uh, this list with Advent. Um, and again, we hear the same lessons each year. We need this repetition. As the phrase goes, repetition is the mother of learning. We need to be reminded that brought to our memory again and again uh, the works of the Lord so that we know them, so we can repeat them. And every Sunday of the church year has the, the appointed lessons in the Old Testament epistle, gospel, as well as a psalm. If you've paid attention, you've heard me preach the last five years in the gospel, Old Testament epistle, gospel again, and then last year on the catechism. So this year, I'm going to use the one that's left. I'm going to be preaching on the psalm. So if you notice here on page 202, at least at the top, the psalm for today is Psalm 25. That's what we began our service with, the entrance psalm, the introit. Ad te lavave, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. And this is a really great psalm to begin the church year with. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. There's this image of, of waking up. It's a response to what we heard last Sunday in Wake, Awake, with the watchman telling us to prepare for the Lord's return. And in addition to being a psalm for the beginning of the, the church year, the first Sunday in Advent, uh, Psalm 25 historically has been uh, included in the church's uh, morning prayer, the daily offices, the one for mourning, uh, that you would pray before you'd go about your work for the day. So the idea is that we commence our labor each day, each and every day, by raising our hearts and minds to God. And so, too, today we wake up to a new day, a new year, and instead of being surprised or angry at the divine alarm clock, we call out, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. We begin the day looking to God rather than hitting the snooze button. Now, you wouldn't pick this up from uh, the English, but in the Psalms, original Hebrew text, the psalm is an acrostic. Uh, meaning that uh, each 
uh, phrase of the psalm, each line of the psalm begins with a, a letter of the Hebrew alphabet, uh, from Aleph to Shin, uh, or as we would say in English, from A to Z, from beginning to end. And this is perfect for Advent because it's, it's what we're doing. Even though it's the beginning, what we're focusing on is the end. I've said this before, but Advent is not about preparing for Christmas or Christ's first coming. Uh, right? You can't prepare for something that's in the past that's already happened. Uh, Christmas happened 2,000 years ago. Uh, rather, Advent is about preparing for Christ's second coming, his second Advent, his return in glory at the end of the world. That's our impairments and banners are blue. We look forward to Christ's coming in glory from the sky. It means a new dawn, a new beginning. And even though we do things again and again, Advent forces us to admit uh, that the world will come to an end. The world does not continue on in an endless loop or endless cycle. It's a pagan idea. The Christian conception of time is that there was a beginning of all things and there will be an end to all things. And so here we are, somewhere in the middle. So the psalm writer says to God, teach me your paths, lead me in your truth, and teach me. From A to Z, from our birth to our death, we need to be led by God. We need to be taught what to think, what to believe, what to do. We need God's truths because nothing in the world, nothing else in the world can save. The psalm writer says, For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. And this is so important to hear in Advent because from now until Christmas, the world is frantically rushing about. There's no busier time of year than the next four weeks. And we give in to it. We rush around to different commitments, to the store, to buy gifts, uh, to practice, to games, to parties, to work, and we think we have to do it all. We have a difficult time separating what is needed, what is needful, from what is really not. And we feel all the pressure to not let others down. Uh, to, we, we feel the pressure from ourselves, from our kids, from our family, to make this year the best it can possibly be, especially after the bust of the last couple of years. We feel the pressure to give ourselves and our kids the, the, all the experiences that we possibly can. And we run frantically to and fro because we think that we can't survive by cutting anything out. And if we do, then we won't be prepared for whatever it is to come, whether it's later this day, later this season, or later in our lives. But all this is like a bunch of chains, a net, dragging us down, uh, trapping us and snaring us. And the devil uses this opportunity to remind you of your failings, of your sin, of everything you and I have left undone, of all the times that you, shouldn't, you should have done something but didn't, burdening your conscience. And so in order to escape, in order to escape this, this trap, this snare, this, this, this net, what do you do? Right? You, you resolve to do more, uh, to be better. I'll try again harder. 
And the world tells you the same thing. The world tells you to turn inward. You have the strength to do it all. Girl, wash your face. Man, pull up yourself by, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Be better. But the only thing that happens is that we are pulled lower and lower. You are covered more and more with burdens and guilt, so you can't breathe. Desolate and afflicted, you can't even sleep at night. That's your enemy's greatest goal. To cause you to worry about so many things in life, to cause you to despair so that you are unable to sleep. So you can't even wake up in the morning and say to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Instead, you are turned inward, ashamed of God and of yourself. That's why the message of Christianity, the message of Advent, and the words of the psalm writer are so life-giving, so life-breathing, so freeing. You are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. The world says everything is up to you. You need to do it all from A to Z. But God says, I am the one who has done everything for you. Be calm. Be still. Be patient. Wait. Rest. Don't worry. And so the psalmist prays, asking God to remember his tender mercies and his loving kindnesses, which have been from of old, from the very beginning. But he says, do not, do not remember the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. So even though, even though I've been stupid and sinful from A to Z, because, because sin always makes me stupid and, and makes me chase after things that, that aren't necessary or aren't even good, we ask do not remember me because of my sins. Rather, according to your mercy, remember me. If repetition is the mother of learning, then God should remember us purely for our sins, which we do over and over. But God doesn't. God remembers us for his mercy. So the psalmist's prayer is answered. Rather than turning inward, he lifts his eyes to the skies to the Lord. For he shall pluck my feet out of the net. Turn yourself to me, Lord, and have mercy on me. And God does. God turns to us. He doesn't expect us to pull ourselves up to him. Rather, he comes down to us. And this is the most freeing, refreshing to you, O oh Lord, I lift up my soul. Has this all-encompassing feel. The word translated here as soul means more than, than mere soul. It refers to our, to our whole person, our mind, our desires, our appetites, our body, ourselves, our hearts, our innermost being. Everything is being lifted up by God who comes down to us who plucks us from the net that we have tangled ourselves up in. So lift up your head. Lift up your soul to see your Savior who has come to you. See your Savior who has come for you. 
who himself was made low, desolate and afflicted, humbled and riding on a donkey. See your Savior who was crucified for you. See your Savior who was ensnared in the trap of the devil and dragged down to hell for you on the cross. And also see your Savior who waited patiently, even the sleep of death, to awaken to new life on a new day, to resurrected life, to freedom, to glory, who himself called to his Father on that new day, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. This is the grace of God. For the death and resurrection of Jesus, he does not remember our sins or our former sins or our stupidity. He makes everything new. He doesn't hold it over our head. Rather, he tells us to lift up our heads. He makes everything new. Every day, by his grace given to us in baptism, he gives us a new start. So when I say to the kids as they come up here to the communion rail, may God keep you in your baptismal grace, I mean it. By baptism, every day we are given a new start. Our sins have been wiped completely clean. We are made brand new. And yet, even though we've been given a new beginning, we still need to make it to the end. So God also continues to come down to us even today. In fact, we pray Psalm 25 in the words of our liturgy in the preface every week. You know it better by its Latin translation into English. Lift up your hearts. To you, O Lord, we lift them up. Ad te domine lavave sursum corda. We pray this immediately before we see our coming King, our Savior, who still today comes to us meek and lowly, not on a donkey, but in bread and wine, to refresh, to strengthen, to bring us from Aleph to Shin, from A to Z, from beginning to the end, to life everlasting. So hearts up. To you, O Lord, we lift them up. Our hearts our souls, our minds, our life, our innermost being. And for you we wait. Redeem us, O God, out of all our troubles. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be forevermore. Amen.